I'm an insomniac, and it mostly sucks, but one summer night, insomnia most certainly saved my life. It was around 3am, I was 18 at the time, and home alone. I went to bed at 12.30, so not only was I pissed that I couldn't sleep, but I was also getting bored. So I thought I would just get up and watch a movie or something, and hoped that I would feel tired soon enough, or at least entertain myself for a bit, and time would go faster. When I got out of my bed, I heard a noise coming from my bedroom window. It sounded like something scraping against the metal frame. I went to go pull up the blind to see if there was something there. And just before I could, I heard a click coming from the window. I knew that sound. It was the sound that my window made when I unlocked it. I felt my heart skip a beat, and I couldn't describe how much fear I was in at that moment. I knew that it wasn't something, but someone at my window. While I was frozen in fear, I heard my window slowly and gently slide open. I felt a mix of fear and rage. Someone was breaking into my house, into my room. I had a sword collection on my wall, and I took the sharpest one and made the blade pass through one of the slides of the blinds where someone would have been in order to open the window. I felt that I hit something with my blade, and I heard a short scream of pain. I took a step back and was going to hit again when I heard footsteps running away towards the street. My sword still in hand, I pull up the blinds, and there was no one there now. I close my window and block it off so it couldn't be opened again. With the adrenaline still rushing, I took my phone and called the police, while keeping one eye on my window and another on the tip of my sword, where I could see blood. I went out drinking last night, which was sort of a rare occurrence, and it took me back to something that had happened to me a couple of years ago. My roommate and friend at the time loved to go out and drink, but she had a bad habit of not eating anything before drinking, and she preferred drinks that were on the strong side, like Long Island iced teas, shots of whiskey, etc. One night we left the bar, and she told me that she felt like she was going to throw up. We walked a little ways from the main downtown area. She sat down on the sidewalk and leaned back. At that point I was ready to go home and I called a mutual friend so they could pick us up. While we were waiting, my friend was on the verge of passing out. A guy riding his bike came up to us. He says, She doesn't look so good. I'll grab my car and take her home. And I said, No, it's fine. We have a friend coming to pick us up. He proceeded to say, I live just down the road. I will just bike to my house and get my car and I'll be right back. Mind you, we had both never met this man before. After I told him we had a ride, I didn't understand why he kept insisting. I told him again, no we're fine, someone was on their way. And I'm going to get her some water from the gas station and she'll be fine. He grew impatient and kept saying something along the lines of, I'm a good guy. I'll just be right back. I can take her to my house for some water. I said no again, and he didn't seem to like that. He kept insisting that he was a good person, and he would take care of her, and he would take her to his house and get her some water, and all of that, despite the fact that we already had someone on their way. My friend was being very nice to him, but wasn't really paying attention. I have a feeling that she would have gone with him if I hadn't been there. I got really strange vibes from this guy. Even though it seemed like a nice gesture, something fought off 
He just wouldn't let it go and continued to try to change my mind. And I got incredibly annoyed by it and sternly raised my voice. I said, we're fine. Please leave. And then he waited there for a moment and stares at us, not wanting to leave. He eventually hops on his bike and quickly rides away. A few minutes later, my friend arrives. This happened last year, around this season. While I was broke and struggling to make ends meet, I just moved out and didn't want to resort to going back to my parents. Anyways, I was desperate and looking on Craigslist for caregiver slash housekeeping gigs just to make quick cash while I was looking for a full-time position. After responding to several, I got a bite back from a man who had advertised as a disabled man who needed help with his morning and evening routines since he had a bad back. As a past caregiver, I thought nothing of his request to help bathing and dressing him since I knew it could be difficult for some. After chatting on the phone and coming to the conclusion that he was a nice and normal guy, I proceeded to head over to his townhouse late one night to help him with his night routine. He lived a bit out of the way for me, but I was desperate and didn't mind. He even said I could spend the night since he needed me in the morning anyway. Once I got there, he was a decent looking man in his late 30s or early 40s with a cane. He paid me $200 up front for the expected nighttime and morning routine. He explained that he was ex-military and had back surgery recently. Things started to get weird once he offered me some wine and mentioned how cute he thought I was. I should have seen this as a big red flag, but again I was super poor and I didn't want to cheat him so I gave him the benefit of the doubt. He led me to his bedroom where he got undressed for his evening shower. I was horrified since I saw he already had a giant erection and he wanted me to lather him up. He asked if I wanted to take my clothes off and I declined and he responded respectfully. However, he did touch my butt when I bent over to pick up something for him. I should have ran out right there, but I was kind of waiting for the right moment. After quickly giving him the most unsexy shower in the most platonic way I could, he got out and said he was heading for bed, but he didn't want to wear any clothes. The guest room where I stayed was right next to his, and though I was tired, I was still pretty on edge. My gut instinct was telling me to get the hell out of there. The issue was, we were on a third story townhouse, and we were on the top floor, and he installed baby gates on each floor so that his cat wouldn't run away. Also, he had turned off all the lights in the lower floors, and it was pitch black. In order for me to get out, I'd have to pass his room. I quietly arranged my stuff in my purse while I heard his TV blaring. To my horror, I saw him walking swiftly to his bathroom without his cane. I realized then he wasn't as disabled as he told me since he previously put on an act as if he couldn't walk without it. He was also still hard and was holding a giant bottle of lotion with him. As quickly and quietly as I could, I fled and ran like hell out of the room while he was in the bathroom. I jumped like an Olympic sprinter over the cat gates down the stairs. I threw open the front door and ran to my car. I heard his house alarm go off. I got into my car as fast as lightning, heart beating like crazy. I immediately got phone calls from his number, and every car that trailed me had me terrified until I got out of there. Finally, after a two hour drive, I was back at my place and grateful I was out of there. Who knows what would have happened if I stayed overnight. 
but I definitely did not want to stay to find out. This happened in early 2017. I was a 23 year old girl and had just finished college. The field I studied was not huge in my area, so I decided to leave. I moved to the biggest city in our country to make a post-graduation course and look for a job. As I was still unemployed, I decided I would wait to make a long-term rental contract, worrying about a possible bad commute to work. In the first couple of months, I was switching from Airbnbs and hostels all the time. I was already tired of this. I decided this would be my last move and then, with or without a job, I would settle. I was running out of money and decided to stay in a dorm in a hostel next to where I was taking classes. Sharing a bedroom is not a problem to me during a trip, but when you're living somewhere, trying to create a routine, sharing a bathroom with some complete strangers just sucks. I would share the dorm with three guys, but it's not with any of them that my bad encounter occurs. They were nice, apart from one of them snoring so bad at night. No biggie. In another dorm, although, was the creepiest person I've ever seen. He was in his mid-30s, and he was not traveling. He was native from the city where we were in, and was using the hostel as a new house since his parents kicked him out of theirs. He introduced himself and tried to be nice and flirty with me. I was polite initially, but declined his advances. He wouldn't stop. He started following me all day long in the hostel. Anywhere I went, he would show up in less than 5 minutes. On the second day there, I left the hostel to a job interview, and by the time I arrived back to the hostel, late at night, he was seated alone on the front stairs, waiting for me. He told me this like it was the most natural thing on earth. He would buy me snacks, ask me out, try to get information about my personal life. All these things, when I already made it clear of my lack of interest in this friendship. All this happened in three days. I was exhausted of his presence, but what I didn't know is that it could have went worse. As soon as one of the guys that was sharing the dorm with me left, he asked the hostel staff to switch dorms so he could stay in the same one as me. Obviously, he didn't tell me this, so imagine how surprised and disgusted I was when I saw him coming into the dorm with all his belongings. I was so scared of his presence that I slept wearing jeans to avoid any sort of advantage that he could take while I was sleeping. The very next morning I decided to leave. The situation had got worse and I couldn't handle it anymore. While I was packing the guy showed up, noticed what I was doing and started to cry, asking me not to leave him. Then to make things even more creepy and disgusting, he told me that he would miss seeing my face while I was sleeping and thank god that he had taken photos. I was trying my best to stay calm but I lost it when he told me he had taken pictures of me while I was sleeping. I took his phone out of his hand and asked him to see the pictures and deleted all of them. There were a bunch of photos of me sleeping in the night before. I left the hostel and I really regret not reporting him to the staff. Crazy lonely dude in the hostel, please, let's never meet again. I should make this clear from the beginning, I have not always had the best taste in men. We'll get that out of the way now. After I split from my husband and being hit on by the worst of the worst, my friend and I thought it would be funny to sign up for Tinder as a social experiment of sorts. At least then I could control the men who talked to me as well as provide my friends with hilarious screenshots 
I will add, Tinder isn't all bad. I eventually met my fiance on that app. You win some, you lose some. I met a guy named Jason who seemed intelligent and had a successful career. After talking for a while, I agreed to meet up with him for some coffee. He was attractive and seemed very attentive. It was a nice date and we made plans to meet up again for sushi. The next week we meet up for sushi and after what I thought was a good date, he suggests we go back to his apartment to watch some documentaries. I'm a sucker for documentaries and he didn't seem like a serial killer, so I agreed. As we sat on his couch, he turned on this obscure documentary about some musician from the 1950s, which I was fine with, but I noticed that he kept staring at me. Now attention can be flattering, or it could be downright creepy. Unfortunately, his attentiveness fell under the latter category. After a few minutes of actively ignoring his staring, he completely out of nowhere said, Can I taste you? I've always been a fan of serial killer documentaries, and I'm pretty sure this may have been one of Dahmer's pickup lines. So I politely declined and noped the hell out of there. At the time I was creeped out, but chalked it up as a good fail Tinder date story. Here's where things get weird. He soon asked me out on another date, and although in my mind I wanted to scream, and that I would rather be waterboarded than spend one more time with him, I politely explained that due to going through a divorce, it was not good timing and I wasn't truly ready to date anyone. We were not friends on social media, so I didn't think it was a huge deal. A month or so later, I met a man that I would eventually become engaged to. Again, via Tinder and didn't give a second thought to Jason. After a few months, there were pictures of my now fiance and I on Facebook and Instagram. Around this time, my fiance, who I will call G, received a text message from a strange number claiming to be one of his female friends. It was a very strange message and basically propositioned him to come and have sex. He knew it was very out of character of one of his friends as she knew that he was dating someone. So he immediately messaged his friend and asked her if she had sent that message. She of course had nothing to do with it and he didn't think much of it. I own my own house so after about six months G moved in with me. His friend fell upon hard times and we welcomed her into our house to stay until she was able to find an apartment. She began receiving messages on Instagram calling her an ugly troll, a slut, and making various and other disparaging remarks. Around this time we had noticed that a white car had been sitting outside our house periodically. I live in a very rural area and there's no parking on the street. About twice a week we would see this white vehicle. At first we thought it may be my ex-husband or someone that he knew. Again, we didn't have a good split. Maybe a month later, G received a message on Instagram telling him that he would never be good enough for me, that he was a terrible boyfriend, and that if he hurt me, that this person would hurt him. He texted me from work asking if I received any strange messages and let me know that something kind of weird just happened. I let him know that I had not and asked him what was going on. He sent me screenshots of the messages and noticed that the person who had sent him was also following me on Instagram. I looked at the profile and the only people he had followed were men who commented on my photos or females who followed G. Once I knew about the messages received from both G and his friends, I started to panic about the white car that would watch over our house. We literally live across the street from a cornfield. There is never any reason for someone sitting outside our house who we didn't know. 
After this came to light, I couldn't think of who might have created these fake profiles to bully people who I was involved with. But I saw even the fake name was Jason. When he explained the strange text message to his friend, the message she had received, I was struggling to figure out who may be doing this. I went through all my social media and Snapchat and I found that Jason was following me. I had never given him my last name and I'm still not sure how he was able to find me. He was the only person who fit the situation and the rude messages continued throughout the day. I knew that Jason worked at a tech developer and would have known how to create a fake phone number and seek out my information. On top of going through a nasty divorce, I also have two small children. G finally sent a message to Jason, conveying that the police would not be happy with someone harassing a woman with two small children, and then all the messages and communication finally stopped. This is going to be short, and while I was present for this, I don't remember it as I was an infant. My grandmother on my dad's side, I use that term loosely because I haven't seen her since this took place, and she was a massive con artist. When my dad was a kid, she always had some kind of scam running. She actually bet one of her sons in a card game and lost him. I have blonde hair and blue eyes. I only had peach fuzz at birth. But I was clearly blonde. When this woman saw me, her first words were, a blue-eyed blonde. She'd be worth a lot in Mexico. My mom was shocked, to say the least. The woman played it off as if it was a joke, but my mom kept a close eye on her. When I was two months old, she offered to take my mom on vacation to Mexico, but only if she brought me. My mom turned her down and cut her out of our lives. My dad disappeared forever when I was one. So it wasn't hard for her to keep away. So grandma, let's never meet again. I worked with this guy. We had a work outing, which included drinks. I got a little too drunk to drive home, so he offered me a ride. A few others accepted the ride along with me. He dropped them off first and dropped me off last and asked me if I had feelings for him. I told him I thought he was really cool because we had similar interests. I then promptly reminded him of our no fraternizing agreement we signed before we started working there. I also told him I wasn't interested in him romantically. From that evening on, he would always find ways to tell me he had hot dates that would then cancel on him and he would ask me if I wanted to go out for drinks. It felt like he was trying to make me feel bad so that I would go out with him, but I never accepted. He asked me out to dinner dates and to the movies a handful of times, which I always declined and reminded him that I had no interest in him that way. A few of my co-workers caught him looking through my phone. I assume he was looking for texts from other guys. He accused our other male co-workers of sexually harassing me when he saw that we were friends on Snapchat or even text even though there wasn't any type of sexual relationship going on between them and I. He would send videos of me dancing in a club to our co-workers. Meanwhile, I had no idea that he was there or that the videos existed. I had many co-workers coming up to me and asking me if I had any knowledge of the videos and if I felt safe. He showed up to my house a couple of times without me knowing or inviting him. He knocked once and took off. Another time he just stood there and left without knocking. 
We only knew this because of my roommate's motion-censored security cam that would send us notifications and videos when there was activity. My biggest mistake was accepting another ride from him after all of this. I was in a group setting again, so I thought it would be safe. My coworkers were sort of aware of this and they asked if I could be dropped off first. He went about dropping them all off first. I stayed in the back seat and he begged me to move to the front seat, but I didn't. At the end, he demanded why I wasn't interested in him and why I didn't like him since he was such a nice guy. At this point, I was furious and honestly terrified. I started screaming at him, pointing out to him all the times I told him I wasn't interested and declined all his invitations. I opened the door while he was moving and he slammed on the brakes. I think I startled him. I jumped out and sprinted home. Not 10 minutes later, I get a text from him asking again, when did I lose interest in him? And if it's because he's too nice or if it's because he gets too many other hot dates. As if I didn't spend five minutes telling him I was never interested in him. And as if I just didn't sprint out of his car. I blocked him on everything, brought it up to my manager the next day and filed a report, then put in my two weeks. Not sure if this belongs here, but years ago when I was 13, I made a post on Craigslist advertising babysitting services as a way to make some money. The morning after I made this post, I got a phone call from a man supposedly interested in hiring. As soon as I heard his voice, I got an anxious feeling. He was whispering very low and kind of slow the entire time. It was extremely off-putting, sounded like he was middle-aged. So we exchanged hellos, and he says he was calling and asking about how much I charged. He asked my name, which he would repeat over and over again throughout the conversation, just to add the strangeness. He also asked me my age and other details. So anyways, he says he has a young son for whom he needs a babysitter. Then he begins to ask me about my experience, and then strangely diving into overly lengthy descriptions of his own life. I don't remember in details of this conversation, but I do remember one thing he asked me extremely clearly. Now, James, my son, sometimes he likes to touch himself. That wouldn't bother you, would it? In his creepy, slow and low voice, I just remember being filled with anxiety and wanting to hang up immediately. It was just sort of beyond too much information. His voice and tone really made it a lot worse. He sounded serious. But at this point, I was partly convinced that this was some sort of prank, and I was almost certain he didn't have a kid. I had no idea how to respond to that, even though it was just on the phone. Me being stupid and, at this point, a petrified 13-year-old kid, I just responded with, No. And I'm sure he realized how nervous I sounded, because he just kind of gave a low little chuckle and continued on. Because you know how little boys are. Honestly, a lot of details of the convo are blurred, and it went by fairly quickly. I just remember nodding and yesing my way through the conversation till the end, when he asked me my availability and said he would give me a call back. He ended the call with, Okay, thanks James, with a little chuckle and hung up. Can't remember whether he gave me his information or not, but I'm pretty sure he did not call back. I do remember jumping onto my computer and taking down my ad as soon as the convo ended. 
I felt like complete crap after the phone call and wondered whether this was a normal discussion for an adult to try to have with a potential child babysitter. I mean, it's not right. Definitely glad I never met this dude. Terrible, terrible vibes just through the phone. This happened seven years ago. I'm 20 years old now. My parents were away from home for a family emergency. I'm the only child. And whenever my parents left and I stayed home alone, I usually didn't get scared. This was the third night by myself. I was playing video games and eating junk food and then I hear a knock on the door. I was wondering who it could be knocking on someone's door at a later time like this. I could see a man peeping through the small glass windows surrounding the door. I could hear him yelling. He was saying I'm really hurt, please let me come in. I said what's wrong and he said he broke his foot. This seemed kind of weird to me. I asked him how he broke his foot and he told me he was walking around the neighborhood and tripped over his foot and landed in an odd way. He was begging me and screaming telling me that if he got really hurt he's going to sue me for not helping him. I said I would call him an ambulance and for him to wait outside. After I said that, he said if you don't let me in, I'll slit your throat and cut your body in half. As soon as he said that, I grabbed my dad's shotgun that he keeps on the highest shelf of the kitchen and I grabbed the phone to call the police. I told the man that the police are on his way. He then told me that they won't make it in time. He was trying to bust open my dining room window. By the way he was hitting it, it looked like it was about to break. I quickly ran upstairs into my room and decided to hide under my bed. I called the cops and the operator told me that they would be there in a couple minutes. As soon as the operator said that, I heard the window break. He must have found a large rock in my front yard. I could hear him checking at all the rooms downstairs. Then I heard him coming up the stairs. He checked my parents bedroom and then the closet. Then I heard him trying to open my door. I grabbed the shotgun tightly in my hand and waited for him to break down my door. He was now kicking it as hard as he could. It just took a couple of hits for him to knock it down. I could see his feet as he tried to open the closet door in my room, which I locked purposely to confuse him. I heard him say, I know you're in there. I was wondering if I should shoot his leg or try to sneak past him and run out. I wouldn't be able to sneak out without making some noise. At that moment, I had forgot that I was under my bed and went up and hit my head making a very loud noise. The man quickly turned around. He said, oh, trying to be a smartass, huh? Then I heard sirens as soon as he said that. Oh shit, you got lucky this time, but you won't the next. He tried to run quickly out of my room, but I grabbed his foot, making him fall hard to the ground. I was holding it with all my might as I heard the police rushing upstairs and they got a hold of the man. I came out with a shotgun and the police were pointing their guns at me now. I quickly explained everything and the police understood. Apparently, they found the man's van parked in front of my house. He had many sharp knives, duct tape, a camera, and a rope. I couldn't have imagined what he would have done to me if I hadn't locked that closet door. The police called my parents and told them what happened. They came home three days earlier and my mom hugged me very tightly and so did my dad. My mom told me that they had sentenced the man to 15 years without a chance of getting parole. We moved from the house a month later and I've had a lot of nightmares about it. 
It took me a long time to get back to normal. I never stayed at night alone until I moved out of my parents' house. And I have three guns in my house just to be extra safe if anything like this ever happens again. I really love Craigslist. I'd estimate I've met maybe 300 people for buying and selling stuff. And for the most part, everyone was nice and harmless. However, I did run into two creeps who made me rethink meeting strangers alone to sell stuff. I was an early 20 year old female at the time. First guy, it's 2009 and I'm staying with my parents for the Christmas holidays in a small town in Florida. I'm going through my childhood room and cleaning out the closet and find a giant CD folder full of maybe a hundred really shitty CDs. Think Nickelback. It's the 21st century. No one really uses CDs anymore. I figured I'd try to sell the CDs on Craigslist. I put up a listing. 100 CDs from the late 90s and early 2000s, mix of rock and pop, all for $35 or best offer. The next day I get an email from this guy named John around 2 p.m. He says that he's in my town temporarily and he wants to buy the CDs. He said that he could pick them up after dinner around 8 p.m. I emailed him back my address and number and tell him to text me or call me when he's on his way. 8 p.m. comes and goes and I figure I had been stood up, which happens often on Craigslist. No big deal. My dad works for a liquor distribution company and would often do demonstration nights at restaurants and bars and would come home after bar closing time. This night, he gets home around 3 a.m. I'm in college and a total night owl, so I'm still up probably eating junk food and surfing the web or watching horror flicks. I hear a car pull up, look out my window to see him sitting in his car eating food. He often stops at Taco Bell on his way home and eats in his car so my mom doesn't know he's cheating on his diet. Maybe 10 minutes later, my dad comes in and shouts my name. There's someone here to see you. Can you please tell me why there's a strange man showing up at our house at 3 a.m.? Huh? I go downstairs and my dad says someone pulled up into our driveway and asked for me by name. I walk outside with my dad and this guy, maybe in his mid thirties, gets out of his car. He says he's the Craigslist guy who wants to buy the CDs. My dad ends up going back in the house, and I tell the guy it's really, really late just to be stopping by, especially without texting first. However, since I'm awake, I go grab the CDs. He proceeds to drone on and on about why he's buying the CDs. He says he's engaged to a woman he loves very much, and he wants to make her happy. He said that last week someone broke into her car and stole all of her CDs. She was really upset, and he wanted to make it up to her. He looked on Craigslist and found my listing and was really excited because I had a bunch of CDs she used to have. The weird thing is, I didn't list any of the artists or bands because I was too lazy, but I didn't think much of that at the time. Anyway, he said he was getting it for her as a Christmas surprise. He said he was staying with his future in-laws somewhere nearby and they had a family barbecue that ran really late, which is why he never made it by 8pm. By this time, I've lost interest and say something along the lines of, that's sweet. Next time, you should probably call or text the Craigslister instead of just showing up. I hand him the CDs, he hands me cash, and I go back inside. Three days later, I start getting texts from an unknown number. Hey, I don't know my way around this town. Care to be my tour guide? I could really use a massage. Where can I get a massage in this town? You're Asian. Do you do a massage? 
Would you take $40 for a one hour massage? Happy ending? I finally responded back with, who the fuck is this? I received a response in a matter of seconds. Oh, oh sorry. I bought the CDs from you the other day. Do you squirt? I didn't respond obviously. I showed my friends that night and we all laughed it off. Then the next day, I get more texts. I still have your address. I'm at the Bank of America near your neighborhood. I just got the $40, babe. Only three minutes away. Are you home? You fucking bitch. Stop ignoring me. I'm almost there. I immediately ran downstairs to tell my mom and dad. It was nighttime, so we shut off all the lights outside and inside the house. My mom, little brother, and I went up to my parents' room in the back of the house. My dad hid behind the curtains of the front window bay with a shovel in his hand. A few minutes later, I heard him run down the front hallway, flinging the front door open and running outside. We heard some faint shouting, so we walked out of the bedroom. By that time, my dad came back in with his shovel, his face red, and his hair all disheveled. Apparently, the guy came driving down our street really, really slowly. My dad recognized the car and went running outside with the shovel, yelling obscenities at the guy. The guy peeled off and never came back again, or texted me again. The second guy. I was moving from Florida to DC and was going to load up my car with as much stuff as I could fit. However, I lived on the third floor and also had a bit of a walk to my assigned parking spot, so I figured I could use some help. I posted an ad on Craigslist Gigs. I said I was looking for someone to help me load some heavy items like TV, desk, etc. into my car. Less than an hour's worth of work and I would pay $45 or whatever. I gave the very first responder my number and address and he shows up. He's probably 5'8 and about 350 pounds of pure fat. The sweat and smell coming off the sky in the Florida heat was pretty nauseating. But I didn't care as long as he did the job right. While he was carting heavy stuff, I was loading lighter things. Whenever I would go upstairs and grab another load, he would hurry right behind me so he could walk up the stairs behind me. I had the door propped open so he didn't have to worry about needing me to unlock it for him to go in or anything like that. When he'd follow me up the stairs, he made a weird grating noise like, mm-hmm, but I assume it was just because he was out of shape. Eventually, everything was loaded properly and safe, except for some sweat smears on my stuff. I pay him, and he drives off. I go back into my place and finish loading and cleaning. About 45 minutes later, I go to put another load in the car, and see that his truck is back, parked across the street from mine. He's sitting in the driver's seat, looking at me. When he sees me notice him, he looks away. I walk over to his window and knock. He rolls it down and I ask him if he needs help or if he was lost. I was really confused as to why he came back and I knew he didn't live anywhere near me. He didn't say anything, he just rolled his window back up and drove off. Um, okay, whatever. Of course, five minutes later my phone starts blowing up. I didn't recognize the number so I didn't answer the calls. Then the texts start rolling in. I bet you taste salty and sweet. Who is this? Your pussy. What are you up to tonight? I can come back over. I get a sinking feeling that it's the Craigslist guy. He never called me about the job, so I never got his number, so I really didn't know who the number was. 
I like your pink panties. Then I realized he was looking at my dress when I was walking up the stairs. I immediately felt like a total idiot for wearing a dress that day. He then starts dialing my number over and over again. I didn't know how to block a number through Sprint, so I just turned my phone off. Later, I was with my friend grabbing a bite to eat and turned my phone back on. I got another text from the guy about how he wanted to toss me around like a rag doll and tie me up and make me beg for it. I showed the text to my friend and tell him the whole story. Craigslist creep then proceeds to blow up my phone again. So my friend answers and he says he's going to cut his dick off and feed it to his dog if he ever contacts me again. I moved the next day so I never had to worry about him randomly showing up in his truck again. Since then I bought and sold stuff on Craigslist but I always make sure to meet people in the public place. So back in 2014, I was in a rush to move to another apartment, and there weren't that many that were available for the time frame I wanted it for. At least not any good apartments, and definitely not in any good areas. I found a nice decent apartment with three rooms, and I moved in for the time being. At least I had a place to live in while looking for a better place. The suite was newly renovated, so I was supposed to get new appliances as well. There had been a mistake with the fridge and the landlord told me that they would replace it as soon as possible and I should expect it within the first two weeks of moving in. About a month later I get a knock on the door. I went to look at the peephole and saw a man standing there with a piece of paper in his hand and another man behind him. Fridge, the man said behind the door. I opened the door and saw two men. The first man was a delivery guy. Behind him stood a man who didn't really care about his appearance and honestly, it looked like he just crawled out of a dumpster. I thought he was just a helper. I let the man walk inside and place the fridge in the kitchen. The greasy man followed him inside and introduced himself to me. I'm the new landlord, he said with a smile. Really? Where did the other one go? I was a bit startled as he looked like a freaking homeless guy. Who the hell hired him to be the landlord? Oh, she doesn't work here anymore. Well, no shit, I thought. The delivery guy then said goodbye and left. But the landlord didn't. Where are your parents? I told him that I lived alone. Big mistake. No way. You look like you're a 15 year old girl, he said with a smile. Yeah, I get that a lot. What do you need this big place for? He asked. I just told him that I moved in there temporarily. He walked over to the kitchen and started opening and closing the fridge door. Just checking if everything's good. I just nodded and leaned back against the wall and watched. He just stood there, looking at the fridge, and then back at me. Why doesn't he just freaking leave, I thought to myself. Then he said, you're really cute. Look at you standing over there. You are so cute. I let out a laugh and thanked him. No major red flags yet. He then said, I live on the first floor if you ever want to visit. We can hang out. I didn't know how to answer him. So I said, mm, yeah, I mean... I don't think, before I could say another word, he interrupted me. I have no friends, and I don't talk to my family. I'm really lonely. Okay, red flags are going off now. I asked him why he didn't talk to his family, but he just brushed it off and changed the topic quickly. Then he started walking to the door and repeated himself once again. Don't forget, first floor, don't be a stranger. I followed him to the door and locked it when he left. I felt a bit uncomfortable, but soon forgot about it. About three days later, I get a phone call from the place I applied to. 
I had landed a part-time job at Best Buy. This was going to be my second job since I already had a job at an insurance company. I was excited to start at Best Buy and I was hired in the tech department and I absolutely love computers. Before I go on, I worked Monday through Friday from 9am to 5pm at the insurance place and then 3 days a week at Best Buy, mostly evenings, but it varied on weekends. So on the first day, I headed out of my apartment, took the elevator down, and was about to exit the front doors when I heard the familiar voice. Hey, it was the landlord. Hey, what's up? Not much. Where are you going? I ignored the question and told him I needed to go and walked out the door. I didn't need to drive to work because Best Buy was within walking distance. About three minutes into my walk, I noticed the gray car driving slowly beside me. I glanced over to see who it was, and it was the landlord. He rolled down his passenger side window. Where are you going? I told him that I was on my way to work and that I would be late if we continued chatting. I said bye and I continued to walk a bit faster. Wait, let me take you. Where do you work? No, it's alright. It's not far away. I work at Best Buy. I'll walk. Another dumb mistake. I shouldn't have told him where I worked. Come on, let me take you. I'm headed to Tim Hortons anyway. I need to get some coffee. Well, it didn't hurt for him to drop me off, I thought. He's going in the same direction anyway. I hesitated a bit, but then accepted his offer. I got into his car, I know, dumb of me, and let him drive me to work. It was a very short ride, but he did not fail to make me feel uncomfortable. When I finally got to my work's parking lot, I thanked him and reached to open the door, but it didn't open. Hey, your door's locked. Yeah, I have the habit of locking doors. Before I let you go, can you give me your number? I lied to him and told him that my phone wasn't working and that I was just using it as an iPad. My phone wasn't on vibrate and I was hoping to God that I wouldn't get a text message or any notification. Okay, then let me give you my number. He grabbed a piece of paper and wrote his number down. Give me a call, okay? Sure, I said. When are you going to call me? I don't know. I'll call you when I get a chance to. What time are you done? I'll pick you up. I don't know. It's my first day. I don't know how long I'm going to be here for. I was hoping that he would just fall for my lie. He unlocked the doors and I stepped out of the car. I thanked him again and walked towards the store. Before leaving, he once again shouted, Don't forget to call, and then drove off. Jesus, what a creepy guy this is. I threw the little paper with his number out and forgot about the whole situation. The next day I was scared to take the elevator since he always happened to be where I was going. So I decided to take the stairs. It led to the back door, and I was sure I wouldn't see him. I did this for about four days and never saw him. Great, this works, I thought. On the fourth night, I was sitting in my living room, watching YouTube videos on my laptop. It was around 10.30pm, and I was kind of dozing off when I heard a knock at the door. I wasn't expecting anyone. Who could it be? I sat there quietly and didn't move, hoping that they would just go away. Another knock. I tiptoed to the door and looked out the peephole. It was the landlord again. Hey, are you there? Open up. Confused and tired, I opened the door. This is the conversation that followed. Hey, what's up? Where the hell have you been? What do you mean? I don't see you leave for work anymore. Did you quit or something? No, I still go to work. I just have a weird schedule. You never called me. I was waiting for your call, and you never called. You promised. Sorry, I never got a chance to. I work two jobs, so I'm pretty busy. I came to your work and asked for you. 
They told me that they have no one by your name there. Did you lie to me about your name? I was caught off guard. I didn't know what to tell him. I had indeed lied to him about my name, but that wasn't what freaked me out. Why the hell had he gone by my work? You went by my work? Why? I said a bit nervously. Because I didn't see you around. I wanted to know where you were. He said kind of irritated. I didn't respond. He then was just staring at me for a moment, hoping that I'd invite him in. But there was no way in hell I was going to invite this guy in. I'm really tired. I need to work tomorrow. I'll see you around. Look, I need to talk to you. Can we talk? Honestly, I'm really tired right now. Can this wait? Whatever. Fine. He said this while walking away, still muttering something under his breath. I shut the door and stayed up for a bit, afraid that he'd return. Luckily he did not return, so I finally fell asleep. So the next day came. I got ready for work again and decided to take the elevator. The elevator door opened and guess who was there? Yep, it was him. He asked me if I needed a ride to work and I responded with a no. Are you sure? I told him once again that I didn't need a ride and I got out of the elevator and went to work. This went on for months. By this time, I had already mentioned him to my manager and coworkers. They told me if I didn't show up one day that they would call the police. Sometimes he would see me walk out the main door and he would drop everything he was doing to come after me, asking me if I needed a ride. Other times he would ask me to hang out and if he could take me on a date. Knocking on my door in the middle of the night was a pretty common thing. One time he was in the middle of a conversation with another tenant. The tenant was complaining about something that had broken in his suite and that he needed him to fix it. The landlord told the tenant that he should go to his apartment and he would go grab his tools and follow quickly after. The tenant left. But he never went to go get his tools. Instead, he followed me outside and offered me a ride to work again. I told him no and that he needed to do his job and to help the tenant. He said he didn't give a shit about the tenant and all that he wanted to do was be around me. This creeped me out, of course. I would also see him at work sometimes. My manager had given me permission to go to the back room and just get out of sight whenever he would come in and look for me, which he had done several times while I was at work. I caught him walking around once, scanning the entire store to see if he could spot me, but he didn't so he just left. He also mentioned to me once that sometimes he wanted to kidnap me, and he told me he just wanted to take me away and keep me to himself. I remember when he said it, he looked like he was hesitating, as if he was going to act on it right away. I found it a bit alarming, but I wasn't too scared. I don't know why, I guess I didn't realize how much danger I was in at the time, but I did play it cool in case he was really going to try something. He would often say creepy things to me whenever he got a chance to talk to me. However, I don't remember all of it. It's a bit fuzzy to me. Now you might ask why I hadn't called the cops. Well, the police wouldn't have done anything since he had not caused me physical harm. So there was no point of calling them. Also, I had no proof that these things were happening or of the things that he said to me, other than showing up to my work a few times. He would come to my work often to look for me if he didn't see me leave for work or if he hadn't seen me in a few days or he would bang on my door in the middle of the night asking me to open the door. I of course would ignore it. He had no way of reaching me anymore and it was now clear to him that I was avoiding him. A couple weeks passed and I was awoken by the sound of the fire alarm going off. Oh shit, that's right, there's supposed to be another fire drill today. It was my day off. I quickly went to see if I still had the note to see when they were going to enter my apartment. 
Maybe I still have time to get ready and leave the apartment, since the landlord usually comes in with the person who checks the alarm. But I couldn't find the note. I got ready as fast as I could, and I was halfway done when there was a knock on my door. Crap, I thought. I opened the door, and there was the guy for the alarm and the landlord. They both walked in. The landlord didn't say a word to me. The guy checked the alarm and said it was good, and then they both left. I felt relieved. That went well, right? Wrong. Not even a minute passes, and they hear another knock on my door. Hey, it's me. Can you open for a second? I ignored it. Then the knocks got louder. Hey, man. I know you're in there. Stop playing with me. I need to tell you something. Come on, open up. This continued for two minutes. When it was finally silent again, I had enough of this fucking guy. I had to do something about this. That night I was supposed to go to my friend's house to hang out with her and also to return her laptop. She had given it to me to reinstall windows. I got ready and left my apartment around 11 p.m. It was really nice out and I wanted to walk to her house. It was a long walk, but I really loved walking. I took the elevator down and when the doors opened, I saw him standing by the door. He hadn't seen me yet, so I had to act fast. Either get back in the elevator or sprint to the front door. It was a split decision. I went for the front doors, but sadly he noticed me and I heard heavy footsteps running behind me. Before I go on with the story, I want to say that when you leave the front doors, you see a big parking lot. In order to leave the apartment complex, you need to walk around the building. So basically the front doors are pretty much the back of the building and the back doors are the front. I know, it's weird. Anyhow, when I go outside, I run halfway around the building and was looking behind me. There was no one there. I stopped running and started walking again, but something inside me told me to keep running. Little did I know, the reason why the footsteps had stopped behind me was because he had gone to the back doors to catch me there. When I got to the other side of the building, I saw that he had made it halfway around the back side of the building. I started running again and he started running after me. He was chasing me for about two blocks while we both occasionally stopped to catch our breaths. I was close to the main road when I stopped running. My lungs were burning. I couldn't run anymore. Whatever happened next, I had to fight. He caught on. Out of breath, he said, Stop, man. You're killing me. Stop doing this to me. I looked in shock, didn't say a word, still trying to catch my breath. Why are you doing this to me, man? He said, letting out a small cry. For the first time, I saw the look of sadness mixed with anger. Stop following me, I yelled. What do you want? Please don't go. Please come with me. Let's talk, he pleaded. Talk about what? He was still trying to catch his breath. I didn't care anymore. I was shaking, tired, and just wanted to see my friend. I didn't even make out what he said because of all the adrenaline. I started walking again. Turned around every two seconds to see if he was following me, but he wasn't. He just watched me walk away. And that's the last time I saw him. So creepy landlord, please, let's never ever meet again. When I was 15, Ray William Johnson was the most subscribed to channel on YouTube. I feel it's necessary to say now that he was not the YouTuber this story is about, but I feel this is important to include for contacts. Doing some research for this post, he was the first YouTube channel to ever reach 5 million subscribers, so he was very popular at the time. In his show, he reviewed viral videos as a teenager. It was one of my favorite things to watch. 
Every week, he would pick one subscriber video to provide the comment question of the week to which his subscribers would provide responses in the comment section. A friend and I thought we had a great question to ask featuring her new baby iguana and sent it in every week after filming it. By the fourth or fifth week, our video was selected and aired on that week's show. In hindsight, there definitely wasn't much more traffic coming into my account, but at the time, it really felt like it. I had 30 some messages in my message box at the time and quite a few comments on the original video. I can confidently say, let's not meet, to anyone in that comment section, garnering such classy comments as, I'd tap both of you at the same time. I would do you both, and the iguana can watch. I would totally do the girl on the left. And of course the classic, I love you. My friend at the time was 13 years old, and my message box did not look much different. Now, as a teenager with low self-esteem, I was pleased with a lot of this new attention. I was actually taking time to respond to a lot of the messages, ignoring the disturbing ones, thanking people for congratulating me on getting picked, and occasionally starting a conversation with some internet strangers. One of the most common questions I got asked after the video was, how old are you? And of course I offered up the information because why wouldn't I? One specific person sticks out because he continued talking to me consistently. Every day I would have a message from him and I would respond. He was just chatting, just being nice. I thought he had a YouTube account, small, but had a couple thousand subscribers. Having had 11 myself, all of which being my friends, I thought it was cool that his channel was successful. He asked me how old I was. I told him 15. He told me he was 21. It was initially quite tame conversation, but after a few weeks, he asked me for my phone number. I was naive and gave it to him because he was nice and he didn't live anywhere near me. From what he told me, he lived several states away. Then he texted me all the time. He tried calling me. Around this time is where I started getting creeped out. He began talking about wanting to meet me. Now, at this point I had seen To Catch a Predator in school and I started getting somewhat suspicious. I never gave him any more information other than the state I lived in and my first name. That seemed innocent enough, but he started getting flirty and creepy and generally uncomfortable to talk to. I slowly stopped responding, ignoring his phone calls and would say I was busy. Then he found my other social media accounts and tried talking to me there. I told him I had gotten a boyfriend, which was a lie, but he still sent me generally discomforting messages, especially looking back at it. This guy made me so uncomfortable that even thinking about it now or seeing his username makes me feel nauseated and tense. The messages that really got to me, the one that finally scared me enough, and the one that I can actually remember after all these years said, I'm going to come to Ohio to find you, and when I finally do, I'm going to hug you so hard. I'm going to squeeze and squeeze until your eyes pop out of your little head. I never told my parents, but I was lucky enough to be able to get my phone number changed. I started getting paranoid that he would find me, checking my locks, closing my curtains. I removed him from some social media, changed my usernames and display names to make myself harder to find because, you know, I was a teenager to be able to contact my actual friends all the time. Surprisingly, it got quiet for a while, 
and I slowly gained some feeling of safety back. I actually started a new YouTube channel at the recommendation of some friends and started putting myself out there again, doing more media production, which I love, and garnering a small following of 1,200 strangers, none of whom ever made me feel unsafe, thankfully. A few years down the road, I started my freshman year of college. I had just turned 18, and wouldn't you know, he found me again, found me on all social medias, sent me messages again, posted some comments on my old YouTube channel. All at once, I felt absolutely sick. I remember the creepy messages and unsettling feeling, just generally breathlessness I had when he started telling me he would find me and that he was coming for me. I had a brief panic attack before swiftly blocking him on everything. My profiles were me at my new college, wearing my gear and everything. I would have been significantly easier to find now, and I knew it. I hardly made any friends my first year at college. I didn't leave my room much after that happened. I never went to parties. I scarcely made friends. Every so often I would remember the experience and get sick. This is one of those times. I've since graduated. I moved far away with my boyfriend, but I still check my locks and curtains aggressively every night, sometimes three or four times, even if I'm sure I've done it already. What I'll never understand is how a grown man at 21 would be so interested in a 15-year-old girl, and especially still be interested after several years. The entire memory disgusts me. He still posts videos on the YouTube channel, and all I can think about is how he tried to get with me when I was a minor. A child. He was a predator. He took away my sense of safety. And up to this point, he certainly is on my top 10 list of people with whom I hope I never ever have to encounter again. One evening, when I was a junior in high school, my mom and dad went out, leaving me home alone. I had a lot of homework to do. So I spent the whole evening sitting at my desk in my bedroom. My parents left the house around 6 p.m. While I was doing homework, I put my headphones on and listened to loud music. There was a storm that night and my desk was facing the window so I could see the rain and the lightning outside. My parents came home around 11 p.m. When I saw their car drive up, I took off my headphones. As soon as my mom opened the front door, and came inside, I heard her shout my name. What on earth happened here? She demanded in an angry voice. Confused, I ran downstairs. My mom was standing in the hallway with a furious look on her face. She pointed at the floor and yelled, Was this you? I looked down and saw the carpet was covered in muddy footprints. I have no idea how those got there. I spent the whole night at my desk doing my homework. I watched as her face changed from anger to confusion and then to fear. We both realized at the same time someone must have been in the house. We followed the trail of footprints trying to make sense of the whole situation. They started out the back door which we usually leave unlocked. Then we noticed something else. The footprints started out the back door but there is no trail of the footprints going back through that door. All of a sudden, we hear a loud, pounding noise that echoed throughout the house, then the sound of the front door being wrenched open and slamming shut. We all ran into the garage and locked the door behind us. My mom took out her cell phone and called the police. Please come quickly. 
There's someone in our house. After what seemed like hours, a patrol car arrived with two police officers, a male and a female. One of the officers stayed with us in the garage while his partner went through the house, searching it room by room. When she came back, the female officer told us that there was no one in the house and it was safe to go back in. As we were all breathing a sigh of relief, she asked, Whose bedroom is upstairs on the left? My parents looked at me. It's mine, I told the officer. She asked me to follow her. As we walked through the house, we could see the trail of the muddy footprints leading from the back door, through the living room, through the hallway and up the stairs, into my parents' bedroom and towards my room. They stopped at my doorway. The female officer pointed at the door, which had been open the whole night. Scrawled on it in blue marker was the following. 847 I see you. 853 You forgot to lock your back door. 859 You seem focused. 927 Turn around. 947 Look at me. 1015 Look at me. 1037 Look at me. 1049 Look at me. For more than two hours, someone had been standing in my doorway, watching me. To this day, I still shudder to think of what would have happened if I would have turned around. About two years ago, I worked at a movie store inside a mall. I've had tons of strange experiences with customers, but this one definitely tops them off. I was 20 at the time. This guy was over 6 feet, late 40s, very hefty, and always had this weird zombified expression on his face. He came in about once a week. One of my co-workers had even warned me about him, how he was a little off, but I still treated him with as much respect as I did with everyone else. One day he came in and talked for a bit, but it got a little awkward and I kept trying to end the conversation and look busy by tagging items behind the counter. He stood there in silence, watching me for about 20 minutes, and then he finally left. A few days later, he came back in, and he walks up to me, holding a large container. He says, I made four pounds of enchiladas at home today, just for you. I remembered that you liked Mexican food. I don't remember telling him that I liked it, but I do know that I went to a Mexican restaurant across the way every lunch break. I politely accepted it and put it in the back office. I was convinced he used his jizz for it. A few days later, he came back in and had a drawing for me of a dragon. Now, I love dragons, but I never told him that. The drawing looked like it took hours to make, and at this point, I was a little freaked out. I had him leave it on the counter so I could just throw it away later. Later on, I was given about a week vacation. During this week, I had cut my hair about 12 inches. The day I came back in, I had a shift with my manager. I told her all about the guy, and immediately she was weirded out for me. A few minutes later, I see a dude walking around the mall. He was going towards the exit and didn't even notice me. My manager tells me to go in the back office. I go and wait there until she comes in to get me, and when she does, she tells me that I need to make a report to mall security immediately. Apparently when I ran back there, he turned around to come in 
and walked all throughout the store. When she asked him if he needed any help with something, he said, I can't believe she cut her hair, and briskly walked out. I go to the mall security office to make a report, and we went through all these videos from the cameras of when this guy would come to visit me. But there was one video that really stood out. It sends chills throughout my body just thinking about it. The video shows him pull up into the parking lot of the mall, and about three minutes later I arrive. This was really early in the morning, and no customers were there yet, but there were cars in the lot. I didn't notice him at all. It shows me walking towards the entrance, and him following me. Right as I open the entrance door, the man starts sprinting towards me. I walked in just in time. It shows him stop and stand right in front of the door, watching me through the glass as I walk farther away. He begins to normally walk inside the mall. I never noticed him behind me. That's the part that really messed me up. It was like watching the last footage before a kidnapping or murder on Dateline or something. The video gave security every reason to ban him from the mall, and they did. They told me later when they did a background check, he had four counts of having child pornography and was on probation. Around a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I was using this app called Whisper to help with making new friends after getting out of high school. I was 19 at the time and had a really nice boyfriend. I had used Whisper before and actually made two or three friends during my senior year and also found a friend of mine's boyfriend cheating using Whisper. So safe to say that this app can be a handful sometimes. I put out a Whisper asking for someone to talk to and of course I got tons of replies, but I couldn't reply to all of them. But I messaged some of the interesting ones back. This guy named Jack started messaging me, and he seemed really nice. He said he was 23, and actually lived 8 minutes from my house. If you have used Whisper, you know that you can search by area, or go into a general section to see thousands of whispers being uploaded that you could reply to. You could also send photos instantly after 4 messages for some reason. As soon as he messaged me four times, he sent me a selfie, and I was surprised, but didn't really respond to it. Jack was telling me that he was working for a towing company in a neighboring town, how he would have to go use the interstate to go places. At the time, I didn't have a job because my mother was sick, so I would use my laptop out in the kitchen at the table to watch streams and play some games in case she needed me at some point. I remember watching my friend stream talking to my friends and genuinely having a good time until I got a text from Jack. Now, I never gave him my address, never really explained where I lived, but he texted me saying, hey, look out your window. I thought maybe something happened on the interstate, but then I remembered I never told him how close it was to me. I see a tow truck right outside my house with the car broke down or something. My blood ran cold. He was at the truck waving. I started shaking. Due to having bad anxiety, I ended up having an anxiety attack. How do you know where I lived? I replied asking what he meant, and he said, well you're home, aren't you? I didn't respond, went back to the stream and started typing to my friends, freaking out to them. I didn't want to call the cops because my cousin is one, and so is one of my friends. As soon as anything was heard about it, I thought I'd be in deep shit for it, so I just ignored him. Then, he sent me a dick pic on the app. I was disgusted and deleted the post and messages from Whisper 
I also blocked him. The next day, an unknown number texted me and I figured out it was him. I ignored it and then I got a restricted phone call and I picked up. Big mistake. I was out in the garage with my cat and I heard the voice on the other end say, Hey, you look sexy right now. Wanna go for some ice cream down the road? I looked at the door that was next to me and I see him in his car, driving slow, keeping his eyes locked on me. I jumped up and ran inside after hanging up, running to my room so I could feel the comfort of my blankets on my bed. I was petrified. I got a job soon after at Subway and he would come in and start harassing me, texting me from random numbers since I would block all of them. I felt paranoid all the time, knowing that he seemed to know where I was all the time. One day, my now ex-boyfriend ended up texting him furiously, telling him to leave me alone, stop stalking me and everything. I never got a message after that, but I'm still paranoid he's watching me. So Jack, let's not meet. I live in a fairly rural town in northeast of England. It is surrounded by countryside and smaller villages. Because of this, there is very little serious crime. Worst thing that had happened that I can remember was a stabbing around eight years ago. And in more recent years, a friend of mine got the crap kicked out of him because he was drunk and two teenagers were looking for a punching bag. He came out with a bunch of bruises, but otherwise was fine. This is just to give you a sense of the place I live so you can understand the situation a little better. I live right next to a bad part of town, the part where the majority of crimes happened. There was even one bloke that dumped a half a rabbit on a doorstep of a corner shop as a prank. So it's a pretty rough area. Anyway, the downside of living next to this area is that you hear a lot of noises during the night. Having lived in the city for three years while going to university, I got used to the constant noise the sirens, the traffic, so when I finally got home to the comparatively quiet town, it took me a long time to readjust, which meant I would hear a lot of strange things, and on occasion saw things far stranger. So with my difficulty falling asleep for the first few nights, I'd lay in bed hopelessly trying to sleep. I should explain that there are four typical noises that I hear in my town. The clock bell ringing every quarter hour, Teenagers thinking that they are cool, blasting music past their bedtime on their way home. Teenagers in general being loud, and drunks. While falling asleep, while failing to get to sleep, I hear voices. I take a look out the window and watch these people walk past. Pretty standard. Next, a drunk shouting about how he's gonna clock someone's head in. And then finally, just before I went to sleep, a random guy walking home alone. Presumably after having a couple drinks himself. A few more days go by with more noises, but then I heard a scream. It sounded like it was coming from a little girl. She sounded upset like her mom scolded her for something. I then heard shouting and the screaming continued. Then both trailed off and then stopped. I suspected that it was just a really tired child whose irresponsible parents had kept them out too long. It wouldn't be the first time I heard something like this while being there. So I continued on, night after night, trying to sleep. Nothing interesting truly starts until about a week later. I was playing Sims 4 at about 1.30am and I hear a guttural scream. 
but I can't figure out where it's coming from. The sound was either reverberating too bad, or it was at the road adjacent, behind the houses in front of my own. Either way, I lost interest in the screaming, and it stopped after a couple seconds, and I still couldn't figure out where it was coming from. Two nights pass. Once again, I'm playing Sims 4, and I hear the screaming. This time much closer. Close enough that I should be able to see it if it weren't nighttime. We don't have a lot of street lights on our street, maybe one or two. There's a good 20 meters or so between street lights where it's pitch black darkness. I'm looking and trying to see things the best I could, but it was no good. Which brings me to day. I was climbing into bed and I hear a bike ride past. I take a quick look out of my window and I didn't see any signs of a bike anywhere. But while staring out the window, I see a man step out from the darkness in the middle of the road. He looks like he's just walking down the road, and I don't think there's an issue, until he steps right in front of my house. I quickly turn off my lamp and hide out of sight. The street lamp I mentioned earlier is directly opposite of my house, so the light shines directly into my room. So watching from the darkness isn't an option for me, but it heavily silhouettes anyone not facing it. As I lean to see if he's gone yet, to my horror, I see him at my garden fence, and I can only presume he's looking directly at my window. I panic and take cover again, listening carefully for footsteps that would indicate that he had left. After about five minutes or so, I hear them, but to my terror, it sounds like he's walking up the steps into my garden. I'm too scared to look. But after mustering up enough courage and strategy to keep myself in the dark, I do. He wasn't there. But I know what I heard. Three footsteps towards the entrance of my garden. Four steps up the stairs. And finally three steps to the left onto the gravel. And yet, he was gone. No sounds of gravel or footsteps. I waited a couple more minutes, but I haven't heard any noises from within my house. We have a one-year-old, very excitable dog named Dana that would bark the roof off of the place if he came through the back. And I would hear him coming through the front because I'm directly over the two entrances. And I would hear him breaking the window or door. So I'm sure that he's gone, but I can't help but feel he may pay my house more visits. A week or so after my 10th birthday, I walked to the corner store with a $5 bill and picked up a jar of ragu for my mom. On the way home, a man I'd never seen before fell in step with me and began talking. Hi, he said cheerfully. My name is Dr. Ramsey. I'm a pediatrician. Do you know what a pediatrician is? I walked along silently, not replying, and hoping he would just take that as a sign that he should leave me alone. Subtitles were not his strong suit though. He kept right on chattering. Are your parents looking for a pediatrician for you? Of course, you're almost a big girl now. You'll be needing another kind of doctor soon, won't you? That's okay though. They can still bring you in to me until then. What's your name? You have beautiful hair. I was just on the way to get some suckers for the candy jar in my office. Do you like suckers? Thankfully, we were nearing my house, so I ran forward, up the back steps, and through to the kitchen door. I didn't know it then, but this was the beginning of a very long, very scary ordeal. It didn't take long after that for Dr. Ramsey to begin showing up. At first, it seemed benign enough, at least to a kid. 
He would drive by nearly every day, smiling and waving. I told my mom, who said maybe it was on his way home from work. But then, the phone calls began. My dad called me into the living room, sat me down. He asked about the day Dr. Ramsey followed me home, and if I talked to him. He said I wasn't in trouble, but I just needed to tell him the truth. I told him no, and he asked if I was sure, and if I could be forgetting something. I told him no again, and he frowned, and then asked, Then does he know your name? I told him I didn't know. It turns out, that's not all he knew. He knew my sister's name as well. Pretty soon, neither my sister or I were allowed to answer the phone. He would call several times a day, at first, neither of us knowing what he was saying. Then, one night, one of my brothers told us that he was telling my parents that he was going to hurt me, and later my sister. Things got complicated after that. My dad had called the police, but as this was before there were stalking laws, there was not a lot that they could do. They told my parents to call back if he ever tried anything. My dad then called his friend from back in the day, who happened to be a cop. For the next month, my dad's friend escorted me to and from school. Suddenly, life as I knew it came screeching to a halt. I couldn't walk to school alone. I couldn't play outside. I couldn't walk to the Super America convenience store as well. When access to me was completely denied, things escalated. It was around this time he began threatening my sister as well. Then one afternoon, my sister, two of my brothers, and my mom were in the kitchen. One of my brothers saw a glimpse of someone in the garage. They've seen Dr. Ramsey before as well. Dr. Ramsey came bolting out of the garage, my brothers chasing after him. They ran all the way to the Cherokee Park, where they lost him in the trees. My parents called the police again, but nothing came of it. The only information they had was a description, and a name that was most certainly fake. A couple weeks later, we woke to find one of our dogs hanging from the side porch. She was a gorgeous saddleback German Shepherd, born the same day I was. We were all devastated. The cops said there was no evidence it was him, and ruled it accidental, but none of us believed that. His phone calls became more informative in the meantime. He would talk about who was home and who wasn't. If my brother would say that my dad was home, Dr. Ramsey would tell him who was really in the house. He would also talk about the house itself, about the window in the kitchen that he could easily open with a knife from the outside when it was locked, about the French doors that connected the living room to the side porch and how the lock could be finagled from the outside if he jiggled it just right. That night, my dad put in some carpenter nails at the bottom of the French doors until he could get a new lock ordered and installed. My parents had to go to a company event at my dad's work. My older brothers were at St. West Roller Skating Rink. My sister was on the phone with her best friend. My little brother had fallen asleep on the floor. I was watching Devo on the midnight special with Wolfman Jack. It was late. Suddenly, the top of the French door swung inward, and for a few milliseconds before the nails in the bottom caused them to snap back, I could see a silhouette. My sister whipped the phone at the television, and we ran upstairs. About halfway up, we realized our little brother was still asleep on the living room floor. As quietly as we could, we slipped back down the stairs to get him. We all went into our bedroom and didn't turn on the light. This way we could see outside. We watched out the window for a while, and we couldn't find him. We crept down the hall to my brother's room to look. We looked down and could see someone standing at the back door. He knocked loudly. What do you want? My sister asked out the window. He stepped back and said, 
Is this the Mercy residence? I have a pizza for delivery. Can you come to the door? She scoffed at him, declaring she was not stupid. She could see that he didn't have a pizza, and she was calling the cops. He then promptly left. A short while later, my brothers returned home. We told them what happened, and they walked around the yard, watching out for him. They came back in, and things settled down. By now, we pretty much gave up on calling the cops, because it never helped us. So we just went back in, each of us, carrying a knife from the kitchen, just in case. Eventually, one of my brothers went into the kitchen to get a bowl of cereal as a snack. You know that sensation you get when you can just feel someone watching you? Yeah, he had that in spades. He kept looking around the kitchen, through the doorway, into the dining room, at the windows. He didn't see anything, but he could still feel the eyes on him. So he went closer to the door to try to get a better look. The kitchen lights were reflecting off the windows of the door, so he couldn't see. He stepped closer then closer until he was right up to the door. Then he cupped his hands on both sides of his face so he could see. There on the other side of the window pane was Dr. Ramsey smiling back at him. He turned to yell for my oldest brother and when he looked back again he was gone. They went out there to look for him but didn't see him. The next night we were at the table playing crazy eights and my brother was restless. My sister asked him what was wrong he said he always felt like any minute there'd be a boom 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 on our door or window. Almost immediately after he finished that sentence, on the window right behind him. In the chaos, the two eldest ran out, but he was already gone. A couple weeks later, I was at school and we were outside in the playground during recess. I was swinging upside down when I saw that now familiar blue Ford Galaxy cruising by, moving slowly. There he was, smiling and waving. He called my name and I ran to the teacher and told her. By then, the school had already been told about him, so she took me inside right away and called my mom. That same day, my mom had gotten a call from the school asking her to verify that my dad was picking me up as he called to say he was on his way and she told him that my dad was not picking me up that day. Not long after that, I woke up one night thirsty. I went to the kitchen for a drink and there, sitting alone in the dark, was my dad. On the table was a gun. He was tired of the police waiting until Dr. Ramsey tried something. He was tired of his children being terrorized. He was tired of being afraid every time he left for work that something was going to happen when he was gone. I sat with him for a time, watching, before he sent me back to bed. These events and many more took place over a period of 18 months. Then as suddenly as it began, it was over. He had vanished from our lives. The phone calls, drive-bys with the creepy waves, everything. For a long time, during and after Dr. Ramsey's days, I would have this reoccurring nightmare in which I would wake up to find him standing over me as I slept. It took a long time before I felt like a kid again. I found out years later that when he was calling, Dr. Ramsey would tell my parents that he was going to rape and kill me, and later my sister, and there was nothing that they could do about it. I don't know what happened to him when he disappeared. I don't know if he got into a car wreck, locked in prison, in a coma, but sometimes I wonder if the wait ended for my dad when he was sitting in the darkened kitchen one night. I don't know. I'm not sure I want to. So this happened about an hour or two ago, and I'm pretty freaked out. I'm a 24-year-old female. So I have a Wi-Fi enabled baby monitor in my bedroom so I can watch my son when he's sleeping and in his bassinet while my husband and I are downstairs 
I tend to be nude in my bedroom, in the second story of my house, as I don't have central air, and it's summer in Wisconsin, and today is currently over 80 degrees. I was laying in bed, drinking a beer and watching TV, when I noticed the light blinking on the baby monitor, which was currently facing towards the bed. As my son had been in a co-sleeper on the bed with my husband last night, since I worked night shifts in the hospital. For our monitor, a light blinking on it means that someone is watching via website or app for the monitor. I jokingly sent a text to my husband, he is at work at this time, calling him a creeper and I was flipping off the camera and talking to it. But I found it odd that it took him several minutes to read my message. When he responded, I could say the cliche that my blood ran cold, but that would be embellishing. He said he hadn't opened the app in the camera in weeks and he definitely wasn't the one watching and advised me that I should unplug the camera, which I did. I don't know who was watching me or how they could have got the login information for the monitor, but creepy person watching me through the baby monitor, let's never meet again. My wife and I were looking for a used car on Craigslist and found one that we were really interested in. We contacted the seller and told him that we can meet him up in a very public mall in an hour. He responded that he wouldn't be available until he got off work at 5. We agreed to meet him at the mall at 5.30. We arrived at the mall a little early and soon get a text that he's running late. So we wait and wait and wait. Then we finally get a text around 6.30 saying that he should be at the mall soon. This was in late fall so it was already getting dark and we started to worry the mall wouldn't be as busy soon. A short while later he texts us that we should meet him at another address in a rougher area of the city. I look up the address to see it's a casino gas station right off the interstate. I figured it would still be busy around 7 so we head over. We pull into the parking lot and don't see the car. My wife finally says, is that it? And points to a mid-sized SUV hatchback. It certainly looked like the right car, but it was dark in that part of the parking lot, squeezed between some parked 18-wheelers. As two petite women, we were very wary of going over there. We locked the doors and drove over. It was definitely the car, but it was parked in the most darkest, reclusive, least visible spot in the whole parking lot with the hatch open. No lights were on inside the car, and no one was around the car. I stopped for a couple of seconds to see if someone would come greet us. When no one did, I drove away. I parked under the casino sign right next to the entrance of the parking lot and texted the guy my location. He responded with, I'm over here, by the semis. We left immediately. It was all too weird. So creepy Craigslist guy, let's not meet.